ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Thursday, April 23rd. Your draft day begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite hole two. That's two errors already. I'm just going to own it right now. Miller Lite hole true. Great taste. Only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Uh, That's two E's. Two E's already, the seven and the true. The show's going to get better instantly because coming up, we're going to be speaking with Taylor Stuck from the Charleston Gazette Mail, Herald Dispatch, HD Media. Doesn't matter. She's on all the platforms. She's going to talk to us here in a few minutes about the athletic department, the budget increase that was expected to hit the Thundering Herds athletic department. That's not happening now. Also, there's going to be some pay reduction in the at least the university side of things right now. She's going to tell us all about that, and we'll talk a little draft with you later on as well, and we'll get your phone calls. And again, it's the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. And as I mentioned, it is draft day. That's right. We are going to have the draft coming up tonight. Will the Bengals take Joe Burrow with the number one pick? We'll find out tonight starting at 7 o'clock. That's our coverage of this virtual NFL draft. We'll have complete coverage of the entire draft right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You can also stream on our website at wrvc.com. This is a great opportunity for you to maybe try out that new Alexa skill that we have. You can find it on your skill store. You can go to wrvc.com. We've got a link right there that's going to help you find it a lot quicker if you're looking for it. We're featuring that exclusively right now on the website. So if you want to go get that skill, all you have to do is go to the website, click it, It'll take you to where you get the skill, enable it, and then you can just tell your Amazon device that you want to play ESPN 94.1, and you can be able to listen to the station wherever you are as far as your Alexa devices are concerned. And really, it's a great alternative for your radio. You don't have your radio handy if you're not in a car or you don't have a nice radio at home you can listen to the station that way as well. I always recommend getting a radio because sometimes we can't stream everything, but As an alternative, we've got the stream for you. And, of course, you can listen to the station on the apps as well. So all those are your opportunities to listen tonight. We've got the draft. I'm excited mainly because I am curious to see if the Bengals actually go through, follow through, and pick number one, Joe Burrow. Take him. He could be a quarterback that is transformative for the franchise or I've even seen some of this grumbling that if the Bengals fail in this rebuild, maybe, just maybe, this team's not in Cincinnati in a few years because the lease is up. they got to renegotiate a lease deal here. And so if you're going to bolt, is that the opportunity? If it's a failed rebuild, they're starting to spend some money. But do you bring a guy in like Joe Burrow and expect immediate success? And I think your rookie year you get a – you get a pass. Everybody's rookie year, you get a pass. I think that's fair. But after that, this isn't a rebuild anymore. You're in the middle of it. This isn't, okay, we're starting fresh. We're rebuilding. 
And I'm kind of curious to see what the Bengals do because the Dolphins have been pursuing the Bengals. Hey, look, we'll give you this if you give us the first-round pick. And then they up it. We'll give you this. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, nothing short of all your first-round and second-round picks would I give up Joe Burrow. And really, I don't want Tua. I don't want Tua as my quarterback. If the Dolphins stay put, they get Tua, it'll work out for them. They want Tua. They probably want Burrow more, but they will have to settle for Tua. Take Tua. He's injury-prone. I don't want to see the Bengals take a chance on someone who's a little injury-prone. I want Joe Burrow. I want him now. Put him on the roster now. Just go ahead. Send the card in right now. Tell the commissioner from his lavish basement, which will be NFL Command Center, his basement tonight. Here it is. It's 5-11. We're not even going to do this virtual thing. Here's the card. Here's the pick. Just announce it. This is how the NFL draft should begin. Welcome to the NFL draft. I'm the commissioner, Roger Goodell. Tonight, I'm broadcasting from my basement for the next three days. We're going to be broadcasting the draft virtually. We have all the teams virtually with us. That's going to be the big word, virtually. Here are the Cincinnati Bengals. You know what? They've already sent their pick in. They sent it in yesterday. Here it is. Joe Burrow, number one pick, goes to the Cincinnati Bengals. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to hear tonight. Nothing else. I don't want any drama. I don't want, okay, the Dolphins are making a push again. They're going to offer this, and they're going to offer this, and also they're going to throw in some hand sanitizer. I don't want to hear that. I just want number one pick, Joe Burrow. I don't want to give the Bengals opportunities to mess this thing up, and I don't think you can mess this thing up if you pick Joe Burrow as your number one pick. You can't mess it up. What happens afterwards? I still think he can overcome it. You don't mess with this. You've got the number one pick. Use it. Get a player that could be a transformative player for your franchise. Do not dawdle. Do not mess it up. That's where I'm at right now. And if they mess this up, I'm done. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. If they mess this pick up, I'm done. Maybe I'm not an NFL fan after today. If I look at that draft tonight and I'll watch it, and here it is, the Bengals pick, they've traded it away. They better be getting a king's ransom for that, or they better just pick Joe Burrow. Pick him. Let's go. Move on. That's how I want my draft to begin, hearing the words, the Bengals select Joe Burrow with the overall number one pick. And then I'm happy. And then, of course, we'll have Bengals football all season long for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and on AM 930 as well. Okay, when we come back from break, we're going to rebound. We're going to bounce back. We've got Taylor Stuck joining us from the Herald-Dispatch. She also writes for HD Media. Basically, if you read it, Taylor wrote it. And we'll talk about what's happening at Marshall's athletic department and the budget and, of course, the shortfall that we all know is going to happen when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. 
guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. With the COVID-19 pandemic, lots of budget issues are befalling athletic departments and universities across the country. Marshall University, no exception. And the person who's been covering it the most for the Herald-Dispatch is with us on the program now. Taylor Stuck, who she's every day paying attention to the governor's press conference and every other thing. Are you the only person working at the Herald-Dispatch right now? (laughs) No, we are all working very hard. Okay, I was just going to say, I see you more. Yeah, I see Tim Stevens now and then, but uh, dad jokes aside, and, and I hear he's telling more bad, more bad dad jokes. Oh, daily. Daily we get a dad joke from Tim in our Slack. I'm just curious, can you give me an example of what a Tim Stevens dad joke looks like? I can. Here was today's. I pulled it up. Um, this morning it was, I saw a masked man working at the bank. They told me he's the Lone Ranger. Oh, the Lone Ranger, the Lone Ranger. That's terrible, Tim. (laughs) That's terrible. That's that's awful. Uh, That's awful. He's showing his age too. The Lone Ranger. (laughs) That's terrible. How how do you put up with that on a daily basis? Oh, he brings us joy. You gotta laugh. Okay. That's fair. I had to I had to lie to his face the other day on the show. He said he heard that he wasn't my favorite anymore, and I had to lie to him. No, Tim, you're my favorite. Flat out lied to him. <laughs> like I said, as long as you're uh, being honest with me. Of course. I mean, I, I he's not listening, so we're good. <laughs> we're completely good here. Uh, you've been super busy. You've been you've been all over the place. Of course, every day you get your one question with the governor, and. Then you're covering usually what's happening with Marshall University. The athletic department falls into a lot of this. We find out that due to the pandemic, the budget increase that Marshall University's athletic department was due to receive, they're not going to get anymore. So they're going to have to deal with a, a, a budget maybe less than what they initially thought. What's, what's the details here? Are they expecting this uh, or is this news to even the athletic department? I don't think it was really news to the athletic department, um, just based on how the past month has rapidly played out. Um, you know, as the pandemic changed, I mean, the athletic department, um, you know, they're following that as well because they're greatly impacted by it. I mean, if football can't happen, if they're not practicing, they've lost, you know, the spring game. Um, so this is definitely, I don't think it was a surprise to them. Um, and, you know, as, as Hamrick has said, they're always preparing for the unknown when they're preparing their budget. So um, I think they were well aware that something like this could happen if this pandemic kept going the direction it was going. Did you get any impression what they're planning on doing if this continues or what the contingency plans are? Because the university's in a budget hole right now, close to $9 million. Yeah. So today um, was a full Board of Governors meeting, um, and they actually tabled the budget um, because they just want to wait and see kind of what happens um, in, you know, with enrollment and a lot of things could impact it. Um, so we didn't really get specifics today as to what their plans are, but we've been told, you know, the university has a bunch of different contingency plans and the athletic department has a bunch of contingency plans. 
um, my camera said yesterday during the athletic committee meeting that some of those plans do include personnel. Um, so we know, you know, other athletic departments have furloughed coaches or other staff members. So that might be what he's referring to, but we didn't, I didn't get very many details um, about that yet, just because we're not at that point yet. I don't think they want to say furloughs could be happening um, if that's not something that they actually have to do. They have to be thinking about, though, other athletic departments across the country, Boise State as an example, furloughing most of their coaching staff. And Mike has gone on the record to say that I'm not looking at this time anyway, cutting athletic programs. And so where do you start seeing the savings? And are you getting the feeling that he's trying to avoid, or at least they're trying to avoid cutting programs in favor of maybe cutting pay for the short term? I think that's possible. You know, like I said, we didn't get very more, very many specifics, um, but I definitely wouldn't see that that would be something that they would want to do. I think that was probably be a last resort would be cutting programs. So, but you know, it just kind of depends on where we are. Where are we? You're covering the governor on a daily basis, so you've got a, probably a better feel for the direction where we're headed, what's going on. What's just your honest impression? of where we're at, where do you think we might be based on what you hear on a daily basis? Well, you know, Dr. Gilbert said today that he thinks that face-to-face classes will be possible in the fall based on kind of where we're going. Um, And as more things start to open up, that helps him feel better about having face-to-face classes in the fall. So I think in the coming weeks, we'll hear more from the governor on how we start to reopen some businesses. He said today that that we should have some plans maybe by Tuesday, um, more details on what that might look like. So I think, you know, as we start, we are kind of in this in-between period of trying to figure out how we can go back to some semblance of normal life, but also stay safe until we have a vaccine for this virus. So that's what I think people are trying to figure out right now is what can that balance look like. Um, But it's still unclear as we're still ramping up our testing capacity. Um, We're testing all these nursing homes. So that will change our numbers once those are reported. Um, So, you know, we're going to have more testing. And so who knows kind of what that will uncover um, and show where we are. I think the more testing we do, the better off we'll be in knowing kind of where we stand. I think we'll know more in a couple more weeks. We might have a better grasp. Taylor Stuck is with us from the Herald-Dispatch, also HD Media, and she's been covering the governor's daily press conferences also. She's been covering the university, the budget shortfall, and right now the president and key members are taking a a, a cut. That was announced today, and of course you're covering the governor's press conference as well, and the West Virginia University is doing something similar as well. Uh, Do you feel that we're on the right path? I know there's that urge to get back to work, get everything open at the same time, still deal with this pandemic. You know, do you feel we're on the right path as far as what you've seen and where the governor's taking everything? You know, I I think we are. My concern is with opening back up is do businesses have the ability to protect their employees? Um, That was something that got brought up at the Cabell Huntington Health Department Board of Health meeting yesterday. 
the health department is working on guidelines to help businesses open back up. And that was brought up as a concern is do you have the ability to buy, you know, Clorox wipes? Do you have the ability to buy hand sanitizer to keep for your employees? Uh, Do you have the ability to buy masks? These are things that all people are struggling with right now, just in our day-to-day lives. So that's kind of my biggest concern is how will we get businesses those things they need to keep their employees safe? That has to be our number one thing before we open everything back up. Because then if we don't protect everybody, then we're just back to potentially even worse than where we are now. And that's a valid concern because, like yourself, you're working in a business that is deemed essential, communications, newspaper. So your offices are trying to keep everybody safe and sterile at the same time. We're trying to keep everybody safe and sterile, and you just can't go and find the resources and supplies you need on a daily basis. I was fortunate. I found a a liter of hand sanitizer that a distillery made. You know, Other than that, I can't find it anywhere, and that's a big concern. Is the governor addressing yeah. those supply issues? Uh, I mean, where does he see this going? You know, you get any impression from him on that? You know, I haven't been able to ask that question yet. That was something that I had been kind of thinking about, and then it kind of it really got up brought up by officials um, yesterday in the board of health meeting. And today, I didn't get a turn with the governor, um, so I didn't get to ask a question. But that is a question that I am hoping to pose to him and his health experts. Um, I've also, I haven't been in the, to the store in a while, Paul, so I'm not really sure what's on the shelves or not. So I'd like to get someone's expert opinion on our supply chain. I can say this. Yesterday at Kroger, I did venture out, and I was able to find toilet paper. And it didn't seem like they had everything in stock, but they had Things. They didn't seem like they got picked over, but you could actually go in. You wanted to buy paper towels. You could buy a package. You wanted to buy a package of toilet paper. They had a good supply, not full, but good supply. They're limiting it. It didn't feel chaotic yesterday at the grocery store the way it has been in the previous weeks. And if you're still looking for hand sanitizer, that's not available. You need hand soap, on the other hand. They get hand soap, not the flavor or the smell you want, but they get hand soap. Well, that's good. I mean, that is a good sign, I think, that maybe things are starting to um, level off from that first big push of everybody freaking out. And we're also adjusting, you know, as a community, as a people, we're adjusting to this uh, lifestyle, I think. What are you hearing from in your reporting covering this on a daily basis as far as are people just at that stir-crazy moment, they just want to get back, or are they still feeling that, okay, we're doing the right thing, you know, we can bear this a little bit more, we can stay at home, quarantine, social distancing, and what's the feeling you're getting? Yeah, I think in West Virginia so far, I think people are still, for the most part, on board. Um, I'm seeing a little bit of rumbling, you know, there's some uh, more conservative lawmakers who are starting to get a little frustrated Um, and are voicing that frustration. So that definitely tells me that there is a contingent in West Virginia that is starting to get antsy and wants to get back out there and is thinking that this has gone on too long. But I think for the most part, the majority of people in West Virginia are on board and want to stay safe. And, you know, as Jim Justice has said, we are a vulnerable population. So that means we're all connected to someone who would be higher at risk of possibly dying from this 
uh, virus. So I think we're generally understanding of why we're doing this and why we need to do this. Joining us from the Herald-Dispatch, Taylor Stuck. Her work, of course, spans covering the athletic department, budget, the university, the governor on a daily basis. And that's just an interesting thing every day. I, I watch the updates. I listen. The governor, when he speaks, it's it's so surreal. I mean, what's what's your take on it? Because you participate in it on a daily basis, and it, it just seems so surreal. I don't have a better way to describe it. It, it is some days. I mean, I actually I had that thought today of like, I wonder if we're going to get to a point where he won't be doing these every day. Um, but I think right now we still need it. There's still we all have so many questions um, in the press. Um, just every day, people are emailing us with their questions, and we have new avenues to investigate and look through. Um, but yeah, definitely having these press conferences every day is it is surreal. It definitely helps me keep. Um, my day straight though and keeps me um keeps me in tune being home working from home it's kind of hard um sometimes i feel a little disconnected and so i I appreciate that he's having them every day because it helps me stay in the know and helps me stay connected to what he's thinking um so i do appreciate that he does have them every day how does the newsroom work when you're remotely working not in the newsroom I'm here at the radio station. You're working remotely. How does that how does that impact what you do? Because I know you're not, or maybe you are, I don't know, but you're, you can't go follow a lead traditional way. You have to do it by phone, you know, internet technology. You can't just go go get an interview, pull up in your car. Hi, I'm from the Herald-Dispatch. I'd like to speak with you. I mean, it's got to be completely different, or is it not? You, you tell me. I mean, it's it's fascinating to me. You know, it's in that regard, it's not that much different. I don't, I personally don't usually tend to pull up and just kind of ambush anybody. I'm always going to be reaching out through these same means that I'm using now. But I will say I miss face-to-face interviews a lot. I, um, I think they're completely different. I think I get more information when I'm talking to someone face-to-face. Um, you can kind of let the, they can let their guard down when they're with you and, so I, I miss interacting with people in that way. Um, some of us are still going out, though, in the community. You know, our photographers, um, Shelton Singer, he's he's out and about and taking amazing photos, um, you know, of what's going on. And we have a, a gallery of the pandemic and photos of, you know, empty Marshall. And, you know, we had there was a fatal fire and there was a vigil um, that people had. And so we, someone went and covered that. So there's. There's a mixture of things. Actually, I just got a mask, a face mask, though, a cloth face mask. So I'm prepared that I could feel more comfortable going out and seeing somebody um, recovering something in person if I needed to now. But it's definitely different. Joining us from the Herald-Dispatch, Taylor Stuck, and she's been covering everything COVID-19, the state house. She's been covering it all. For you, I'm sure it's an easy adjustment covering a pandemic, even though it's a pandemic. You know, how many times have we gone through that? How's the rest of the newsroom adjusted? Uh, there are still sports stories coming out from the sports department. I'm sure they're focused a little bit, but everybody's a COVID-19 reporter now. I find it hard. I'm, I'm a sports guy. I want to talk sports, and I'm talking COVID-19 because it impacts sports. So I'm kind of curious, how how's the newsroom adjusting? Because this is what you guys are doing now. I mean, you're COVID-19 reporters, everybody. 
we all are. I, my newsroom, my coworkers are amazing. Um, they've all, we've all really stepped up. Um, and this, I mean, we're all great storytellers and writers across the board. Um, so, you know, a story is a story. Um, but I've been really impressed with how we've all been able to step up and cover things across everybody else's beats and um, figure out stories that aren't COVID-19 related because that's so important too. And not everybody, obviously everybody needs a break. Um, yeah, our sports, you know, our sports are doing a, a, a martial memory, sports memory countdown, which is really cool and really fun. So it does give us, you know, the ability to do some creative and fun things. Um, so that's been neat. But yeah, everybody's been, everybody's been awesome. Um, just working really hard and everything is COVID-19 related. Everything has a COVID-19 angle. So we're just trying to follow all of those that we can. Taylor Stucks joining us from the Herald Dispatch. And of course, uh, just a, a shout out to everybody at the Herald, Herald Dispatch. Usually you have to have a subscription. If it's COVID-19 related, you don't have to have a subscription. Of course, uh, you can subscribe to the Herald Dispatch. The link is right there on the website. But at the same time, the paper has made everything that you are posting that's COVID-19 related. It's a free to everybody's until this pandemic is over. Correct. You got a so good response from that? Sure that yeah, I think so. I think um, it's re- like with, with just sharing things on social media and things like that, I think it has been um, a good response. I think that's what people are used to. Um, but I do just want to remind people that we are a small business and like all small businesses, we have also been impacted by COVID-19. Um, advertising is hard when businesses aren't open to advertise their things. Um, we've had layoffs. Um, so that subscription would, uh, really be beneficial and would be very appreciated. And that's at the Herald Dispatch website, and you can get uh, access to all the digital content if you want it that way, or if you still want the paper, which I'm sure that's that's got to be tough, uh, printing a paper on a daily basis and delivering it when so many people are concerned about going door-to-door these days now. So I'm sure everything, everything's been really tough on your end, but uh, everybody's been fantastic. Uh, all the coverage has been great. It's nice to have that diversion from the television side of things now and then where the talking heads are just droning on. You, you guys are really putting together some in-depth stuff. So uh, I appreciate you coming on today, especially uh, since you're on my favorite over Tim Stevens. He knows it. Uh, his dad jokes are terrible, and I'm never going to let him live that down. And uh, you should post those daily. I want to see what those look like daily, just so I can ridicule him. <laughs> I should. That could be a Twitter handle, Tim Stevens's dad jokes. I mean, that, that could be your you you could yeah. you could ghostwrite that. <laughs> oh man, he would love it. I think he should write that. I mean, he has all those. Uh... He has a lot of youth group kids, too, that are in his life, and so they probably love that, too. We need to get one of them to maybe put that together for us. That, that I would follow that in a heartbeat. I yeah. would quote from it daily. If, <laughs> But, yeah, I'm going to put you in charge of that since you, know, you have to endure uh, Tim's dad jokes on a daily basis. <laughs> wow. Uh, you should get hazard pay. And, you know, first responders, you know, we appreciate all of them. Um, the fact you have to deal with Tim Stevens, you should get a different type of pay, I hope. Oh, 
man. I'm going to, I'll tell Doug Reynolds that. There you go. I'll, yeah, just tell, if he needs a reference, let me know. We'll, uh, we'll pass it along to him. Thank you. Thanks for doing this again. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I hope we can come back sooner on uh, happier times uh, and talk about more positive things. But uh, I appreciate you. Thanks for uh, being on top of all this. I, I really do reference you all the time, trying to keep up on this because I'm not a COVID nineteen reporter. I am now, but I'm yeah. This is your beat. I just follow. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. That's Taylor Stuck from the Herald Dispatch. Uh, appreciate her coming on. Uh, she does a fantastic job. She knows what she's talking about, so I definitely uh, use her as a daily resource. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more about the NFL draft. Also, ceremony that was set to take place at Marshall for the Fountain has been turned into a virtual event. We'll talk more about that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Because of the COVID-19 academic, 2020 has been a difficult year for all our Tri-State Area High School seniors. So here at Kendrick Communications, we want to recognize our area high school seniors. And we're doing that by giving you an opportunity to send a shout out to your high school senior. So if you are a parent or a guardian of a high school senior anywhere in our listening area, so basically if you're in our tri-state region, you can submit an audio recording with you and your family sending your 2020 senior a special message of congratulations and love. All you have to do is use the voice recorder on your smartphone to record your message, and then you can send it to us. You want details, all you have to do is go to WRVC.com. So looking forward to hearing all of your shout-outs to your seniors. And if you definitely have that special senior you want to honor, Looking forward to hearing what you have to say and how you go about it. So that's at our website, WRVC.com. We welcome you back to today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Usually around this time, we've got the NFL draft to talk about. Also, we have this fountain ceremony because the spring game would be coming up as well. We're not going to have that this year. And Marshall University's fountain ceremony will be a virtual event this year because of the campus being shut down and, of course, because of the pandemic. Here's what Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick said in a release earlier this afternoon. Um, Sadly, the circumstances dictate that we alter our annual ceremony during these difficult times. This is a tradition in its 11th year, and we wanted to come up with a way to celebrate all of the people who came after that devastating day who helped rebuild the Marshall football program and patch together a heartbroken community. Now, what you can expect in this virtual ceremony is you're going to hear from Mike Hamrick. He will make remarks and introduce President Dr. Jerome Jerry Gilbert in the ceremony. It will be recorded and shown across various athletic department and social school media accounts. Starts Saturday at 10 a.m. The virtual ceremony can be found on social media websites, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And it will conclude with the turning on of the Memorial Fountain in the center of campus. Not a public event, so this is virtual only. The only way you can attend is by watching it on social media. But it's a nice way to continue the event at the same time. Understand that we are in the middle of a global pandemic and social distancing still the norm at this moment. And what we're all practicing, trying to avoid groups. 
very difficult times. And, of course, uh, I do appreciate the athletic department uh, doing everything they can to get everybody through this the best that they can. But uh, this is a interesting uh, way to go about this. And, of course, hopefully we will be able to get back together next year for the fountain ceremony and turn the fountain on together. Uh, COVID-19, very difficult times here, not just for you and for me, but uh, for maybe people we don't even know. And uh, it's uh, definitely a challenge to do this every day. So I appreciate everyone tuning in to the program. Some days are better than others. And thank you for bearing with me as, uh, well, we try to put this together on a daily basis for you. Uh, When we come back from break, uh, we'll talk a little NFL draft with you. Those pesky Dolphins, I wish they would just go away. Dolphins, go away. Joe Burrow is going to the Bengals, and we'll talk more about that when we continue on today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So tonight the draft takes place. You can listen to it, of course, right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The number one draft pick going to the Cincinnati Bengals, but the Dolphins are trying. I even enjoyed reading this pro football talk report that the Dolphins are trying to acquire the number three overall pick from the Lions to pair that with the number five pick trying to put together a massive trade package, trying to figure out anything and everything that they can throw at the Bengals to pry that pick away from the Bengals. Guess what? The Bengals, I hope, have got the smart sense about them to say no. The Dolphins' view, I think the report said, or at least one of the reports said, that the Dolphins view Burrow as the next Montana that's fine with me. I got tired of getting Montanaed during the Super Bowl runs the Bengals were on. I respect Joe Montana. Don't get me wrong. I hate him, but because of what he did to the Bengals, nothing else. Um, you know, nice person, good human being, fantastic quarterback, one of the all-time greats. I got tired of getting Montanaed. Jerry Rice, respect him as well. Great wide receiver. Got tired of getting Jerry Rice and Joe Montana. Yeah, I hate the 49ers, but that's another story. But if they're viewing him as the next Joe Montana, I want the next Joe Montana. I want the next Joe Montana with my team. The Bengals. I want the Bengals to succeed. I want to be talking about playoff wins. I want to be talking about a Super Bowl run. I want all of that. I want to feel that. I haven't felt that since the 80s with my guy Boomer Esiason late in the 80s. Kenny Anderson early in the 80s. I was a young, young youngster then. But I would not, unless I'm getting unless I'm getting a massive, I mean a massive amount of picks, I'm not even entertaining that because that's just more picks for the Bengals to mess up. Honestly, this is a no-brainer. You look at what is on the board and you go, okay. Who's the number one overall pick? It's going to be Joe Burrow. That's it. That's all you need to know, Joe Burrow. And after that, go get anybody you want. Go get anybody you want. I don't think there's anyone else on the board that I would want over Burrow. I'd take Burrow one. And Tua, I'm not taking Tua. If 
I have to trade down, and then I have to take more picks, and the quarterback that could transform my team, in my opinion, isn't there. And I got Tua. I'm not taking Tua. Tua's too injury prone. Now, if he proves himself a sturdy quarterback, durable, if he proves himself, I mean, so be it. But do you want to take that chance with the number one overall pick? Do you want to commit all that money? And if you're looking for a quarterback and you're trying, you're trying to get a, a good quarterback, if you're the Dolphins, quit trying to bet the farm on one quarterback. Go get this guy. Take your chances. Because then you'll have some draft picks to play with. And I, I get this. You don't put together all of these draft picks just to be okay. You're trying to make splashes. You're trying to make things happen. And with the Bengals, guess what? They got the number one overall pick. You know why? Because they were the worst team in the NFL. If you're the worst team in the NFL, you get the number one pick, and you also get the opportunity to take the best player. And if I'm the Bengals, take the best player. Take the best player, and we'll go from there. Do not entertain. You know what? Let the Dolphins, sure. Let the Dolphins continue. It'll all be over soon. Let the Dolphins continue to make these trades and try to figure out how they can get it. No. I would toy with them, though. It's like, okay, hey, if you come back with this and this, maybe I would toy with them. Just utterly play with them until after the fact. And, of course, if the Bengals were smart, the card would already be in. Virtual card. I would have called the commissioner hours ago. Like, look, okay, here's the deal. I don't care what the internet connectivity looks like. It's going to be Joe Burrow. Just come on the air, Joe Burrow. I'm the commissioner, Roger Goodell. Welcome to my basement. The Bengals have selected yesterday Joe Burrow with the number one overall pick. Moving on. That's all I want to hear. And, of course, you can hear that right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And, of course, if you're in the Ashland area and you would like to listen to the draft, I would suggest you tune in to Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. So we've got the draft covered for you all over the Tri-State tonight. So if you can't watch it or you just want to sit back and listen to it while you're doing other things, we've got you covered. And you can stream it as well. Go to our website, wrvc.com. You can get our skill for the Amazon Alexa. You can do that and you enable that. And, of course, if you go to our Facebook page, if you're following us on the Facebook page, you've already got our link there. Just click the app link and you you got our app for our stream player. You got that. You can do that right there. So we're making it easy for you to listen to the radio station. Okay, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Again, thanks for tuning in. I do appreciate it. We're trying to put this together on a daily basis, and it's uh, some days challenging, some days it just falls all together. Either way, I appreciate every one of you for tuning in and being a part of it. And Back tomorrow, we'll have some stuff to talk about, of course, with the Bengals. We'll find out what they did. I know what they're going to do, but we'll find out what they did and... Hopefully, I'm in a better mood tomorrow because if they don't do what they're supposed to do, I'm going to be in a really bad mood. I'm like in an anxious mood right now. I'm a Bengals fan. I was built to worry. All right. Back tomorrow. We'll do it all over again. Until then, thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.